Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Next, on the OHIO Podcast, we give you who we believe are the top 10 recruits on Ohio State's wish list, our top 10 helmets in college football, and Eric interviews Lenny Zabo from Billy Bob's Backyard Barbecue. And that all starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who will win. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs, recording live from beautiful North Central Ohio, where I am joined by the best six man in the business. When he comes off the bench, he brings the thunder. That would be the monk, Jason Monk, the co-host from Shots from the Shot, joining us today. And he isn't the best number two point guard in all of the country for nothing. He is known as the wild man. Chris Wilds, they are joining me today. How are you doing today, Chris? Oh, it's awesome, Eric. You know, would have liked to see a little more sunshine, a little less rain. Maybe got out and played about 18 holes a day, but you know, I'm good anyhow. Got plenty of work to do around the house and, uh, you know, just looking forward to talking a little football today. How's your bracket looking? Let's not talk about Kentucky, all right? <laughs> Don't get him in the Final Four, man. So did I. Monk, how you know what though? Looking? I was looking great up till that point. Yeah, I know you were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my bracket was busted day one, man. Iowa killed me, and then I, I took a long shot with Akron, and they kind of folded at the end. So. <laughs> yeah, I had Kentucky going to the Final Four, Iowa to the Sweet Sixteen. Those were really the only two misses I've had in the first round of the tournament. Uh, everything else is still looking pretty good for me. We shall see. <clears throat> All right. Well, now, wait a minute, Eric. Wait a minute. That's not exactly true. No? What am I missing? There were well, there were three of us that lost the faith. Well, there were three uh, of us that lost the faith. This is true. Monk is the only man who stayed true to it. <laughs> only for one round, though. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, hey, it, you know, I, I, if, if the Buckeyes, which they played, I think, one of their best games they've played in a long time. Great defense. Yeah, oh, phenomenal defense. Though. Well, but that was the best defensive team in the nation, man. Oh, you're right. So, I mean, you got you got to take that into account that that was one of the better defensive teams. And, you know, of course, they if when you play a defensive team like that, it's going to be a rock fight. So um, they they just brought bigger rocks. And so, you know, it was a good win. But uh, yeah, we'll see if they <laughs> if they win this next one, if they're able to top Villanova and go to the Sweet 16, I will count that as a huge win. Um, for Ohio State and for Coach Holtman, because I just don't anticipate that happening. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and they they hit their free throws at a high percentage too. They really the did, and, and they and the other and their opponents did not. Loyola yeah. Chicago <clears throat> missed everything. It seems like. If you're not satisfied with pickup games and unranked matches, chances are you're aiming higher than most. As Spire, you'll train to be the best. Whether you're drawn to the pool, track, map, basketball, court, or gaming controller, we provide the training you need to achieve your dream. Make our facilities your home or take advantage of free transportation services. Are you ready to unlock your potential? Visit SpireCleveland.com today. That's Spire, S-P-I-R-E. We got a note on uh, Twitter from a, a new listener who said, I love your guys' podcast are you guys planning on doing some recruiting? And I said, hang tight, buckle up. We're going to have a show about recruiting. I have been kind of teasing that for about a month. Today is that day. We are going to break down Ohio State's top 10 whiteboard, the top 10 recruits who we believe Ohio State is hot to trot on. Guys who they, if they had their wish list, these would be the top 10 guys they would want in this 2023 class. Of course, that class is already off and running and is a decent class. It's number two in the Big Ten. It's a top ten in the in the nation. It's got a ways to go, obviously. And, of course, uh, not only is Ohio State uh, recruiting hard on 2023, but believe it or not, they're recruiting pretty hard on 2024, guys, as well. As that Right now is that time when those 2024 guys can really start to make some noise as well. But we're going to concentrate on the 2023 recruits, the top 10 who we believe Ohio State would like to have, if at all possible. And how we're going to do this today is we're going to break this down from 10 down to number one. We each have our own recruits who we're going to talk about for you so that you can get an idea. We highly recommend that you look these guys up. Um, Of course, we always like to lean towards the 247 sports when it comes to recruiting. I love how they have the composite ranking where they take in rivals, ESPN, uh, and 247 sports their own, and they give it an average. And I think that's one of the best out there in college sports when you take all three rankings and add them into one. So we tend to lean that way. Um, So that's what the rankings are going to be for all of you. Also, uh, we've all watched uh, the tape of the guys who we're going to talk about, and we've broke that down for you. And uh, like I said, check it out. Uh, Look at these guys up. See what you think. Uh, If you think that we're missing somebody that should be in the top ten on their whiteboard, by all means, let us know, and maybe we can add that to the list as well. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. All right. Number ten. He is an offensive guard from Middletown, Ohio, six foot five, three hundred and fifteen pound Austin Sereveld, uh, Lakota East High School. Austin is ranked as the seventh highest recruit in the state of Ohio. He's ranked 28th in the nation at the offensive guard or interior offensive lineman position. 
363rd nationally. He is a low four-star or a high three-star, depending on the service that you look at. When I watched his film, he's a very strong run blocker, which most are here in the state of Ohio. Uh, needs to trim down slightly with that big frame at 315 pounds, six foot five. I think he could add a little bit more muscle. Of course, if he decides to come to Ohio State, the Body by Mickey program will definitely do that for you. I do like his nasty streak, though. He's got a little bit of a mean streak, and he loves to finish blocks. He loves the pancake people. And I think that that goes a long way because it shows your desire as an offensive lineman. His technique is a little sloppy, uh, mostly because I believe he's got some slower feet, which could be because of that size he's carrying. Again, I think that could be something that can be worked on in the weight room, mat drills, inside the woody, getting those feet to chop a little bit faster, help him out as a guard so he can start to pull a little bit more as a guard as well. Um, he can get in trouble in one-on-one situations, with especially with a quicker defender. Those faster uh, linebackers or defensive ends uh, that come around the edge when he is on the outside, he tends to reach and grab, bend at the waist too much. So his technique needs to really improve, especially when it comes to pass blocking. But again, I think a lot of Ohio Offensive linemen struggle with that because we just run the football so much. There's still very much a tendency here in the, in the Midwest and here in Ohio to, to run the football 75, 80, 90 percent of the time. Three yards in a cloud of dust still reigns true in Ohio high school football. Uh, he's being recruited by Ohio State, Alabama, Team Up North, Notre Dame, Cincinnati, and Iowa. And I'll give the Buckeyes a 75 percent chance that we sign Austin. Chris, who's number nine on the whiteboard? Well, number nine, and Eric, I think you gave this one to me just because of the name. The name Oleus Alenin. Very good. Better better than what I would have done. (laughs) So I'm only a slightly uncultured swine? Slightly. Okay. Well, he's a six foot six, 315 pound offensive lineman at a Loomis Chaffee School in Windsor, Connecticut. Currently, the 247 composite has him listed as a four star product uh, prospect with an overall rating of 0.9449. He's ranked 127th nationally, 14th among offensive tackles, and he is the top rated player out of the state of Connecticut. Now, Eric, if you guys are going to watch this kid's highlights, can I make a suggestion? Get yourself to the store and pick up some log cabin because, man, this kid's serving pancakes. <laughs> he is a big, strong kid, prototypical size, good length. He really plays really smooth for a big man. He bends well. He's got good flexibility. I'll tell you, I was impressed by his strength. I thought he was you know, very athletic for someone his size, physical and aggressive in the run game. Uh, his defender's first step is always backwards, whether it's by choice or by force. You know, constantly plays into the second level, finishes his block strong. Very tough for, for defenders to get off of his block. You know, I think he uses his hands well, good footwork. You know, he's really consistent with the hand placement inside the defender. Mm. But I'll tell you, what really impresses me is the fact that he plays through the whistle and his head is always on a swivel looking for the next guy to hit. Mm. Now he is solid in pass protection, but I'll tell you, that is the one part of his game that I really think does need improvement. 
uh, as I watch this film, and it's like you mentioned uh, with the young man out of Middletown, they ran the ball a lot. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's very aggressive on that pass blocking technique. He's a little bit weak when it comes. And I'll tell you, honestly, I did see something at times. It seemed like he was a little bit lazy in the pass block. He would just get upright and just like kind of say, run around me. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, he also is one who you might have a little concern with the size, making sure that he doesn't gain too much weight. But I'll tell you, overall, I think he's a kid, tremendous upside. If he develops his pass protection, he's likely a two to three year starter and a mid round NFL pick. But the big thing is developing that pass blocking technique and really working on that body. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I could, yeah I think I think he and Austin are very similar in a lot of ways, yeah. Chris. And if you look at who we already have committed in the 2023 class and Finley product, Luke Montgomery, who's the number one recruit in the state of Ohio, and Joshua Padilla from Dayton, Ohio, from Wayne High School. Yeah. Um, those two guys are top 150 recruits. Those are those are anchors on our offensive and line. And man, they are forward. they are trying to help recruit this kid too. They like yeah. him. Yeah, I would say if if Ohio State could land these two guys, they might not pick up another offensive lineman. They might be happy right. with those four. Yeah. So that's a good question. Where is he going to end up playing? Now, according to the 247 Sports uh, expert Brian Doan. He is a lock to go to Bama. You know, if you'd asked me a couple weeks ago, I probably would have said the same thing. But, you know, he visited Columbus recently, spoke with the coaches, hung out a little bit with Yarmo from the Blue Jackets, who was also from Finland. Uh, you know, and, you know, seemed to have a good trip to Columbus. He is coming back for another trip in June. As I said, he's really being recruited hard as well by Montgomery and Padilla. So he stayed in the Buckeyes in his top five. I think Alabama still probably does have the edge here. But you know what? I think the Buckeyes is a dark horse of the favorite. I'm going to go 35% chance to Ohio State. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they have an advantage in Austin because he is from the state of Ohio. But I'm with you. I think. Uh, and, and again, I, I liked how you pronounced his name much better than what I would do. I would have a loss is how I would have pronounced it, but uh, <laughs> which just shows you how lost I really am. Um, if they can land him, that would be huge. Um, he, he's a, he would be a big literally. Yeah. yeah <laughs> there you go. Number eight. Let's go to the defensive side of the of the ball here. Number eight, Troy Bowles from Tampa, Florida. I was just down in Tampa. Uh, Troy's a 6'1", 205-pound linebacker uh, from Jesuit High School in Tampa, Florida. Jesuit is a is a hotbed of recruiting for high school uh, football. Um, he's ranked 10th in the state. He's the second-ranked highest linebacker in the country, 37th highest-ranked recruit total nationally. He is a high four-star, could work his way up to being a low five-star possibly. Uh, the dude is a strong, compact, and speedy linebacker with great hands for a defender. Um, plays both sides of the ball, which leans to the uh, ability to have those good hands. Um, and for a linebacker, he's got great coverage <clears throat> skills. He's above average tackling tackler as well. 
um, again, can cover the backs, tight ends, even receivers. Uh, looks like a, almost like a cornerback or a slot cornerback at times. But they will line him up on the end and let him blitz as well. I love his motor. The number one thing about Troy is he has got an amazing motor. He does not stop until he hears the whistle. He plays through the tackle every time. He plays the line of scrimmage very well. He understands how to set an edge in the running game, uh, which is an above-average trait for a linebacker. Usually that's something that defensive ends work on. But uh, as Aaron will tell you, a linebacker can cover up a lot of trash when he's able to redirect a run back to the middle of the field, and he does that in in, – incredibly well um i love his enthusiasm and his team spirit which i will i think would fit in nicely with ohio state's team culture um and here's what is really amazing about him he's got some freaky long arms for his size he's only 6'1 205 pounds but those arms look like someone that should be on like a 6'6 person like they are just freaky freaky long which means when he gets an arm on you he wraps you up and you're not going to get away from him uh, because of his strength um he is being recruited by all all the big boys ohio state alabama clemson georgia and oklahoma i will give ohio state a 45 percent chance we sign him he's he likes ohio state a lot um georgia seems to be the the competition here and you've got two crystal balls for Georgia, and you got one crystal ball for Ohio State. This thing's, I think, is going to come down the wire between the Bulldogs and the Buckeyes. So it's almost a coin flip here, I think. So I think we got a very good chance to get him. And, of course, his main recruiter here for Ohio State would be the defensive coordinator and our linebackers coach, Jim Knowles. So this is one of two linebackers who I feel on this list Ohio State would really love to have. Um, He's number eight. Chris, who's number seven? Well, just real quick about number eight, Eric. Can I say, too, I love the kid's football IQ. Now, Mm -hmm. that may have something to do with the fact that his father is the defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. Just a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. This kid, I think, is going to be tremendous. But okay. Yeah, number seven, we have defensive tackle Derek LeBlanc. Now, Derek is a 6'4", 270-pound defensive lineman from Osceola High School in Kissimmee, Florida. Currently, the 247 composite has him ranked as a four-star prospect with an overall rating of .9593. He's rated as the 87th player nationally, the 11th best defensive lineman, and the 17th best prospect out of the state of Florida. LeBlanc really has a really nice ideal frame for a defensive lineman. He's six foot four, 265. He's long. He could add a little bit of bulk to the frame if he's going to play on that inside. Right now, I think his frame is perfect. He can play inside, play outside. If he can get you know just a little bit more muscle on there, I think it would be great. Has great natural bend and flexibility. Uh, you know, I think he's got a great first step. He does nice footwork, good body control. I think he shows a lot of ability as a run stopper. He's a solid tackler. And I think he has a really good power pass rush. Uh, But what I like most is his hands. He makes good. And I mentioned this with the offensive lineman too. Hands are such a big thing with the big guys. He not only does a good job with hand fighting blockers, 
but also uses them. He gets them up in the passing game, knocking down balls. You know, when he's going after the quarterback, he's chopping down at the ball, trying to create that strip. He has the ability and versatility to move inside, play outside. So I think he shows a lot of potential. Now, for for my little bit of critique on him, I would say he really needs to continue to develop as a pass rusher. He has to refine the technique and have more than just a bull rush as far as his attack. He's also going to need a year or two to really develop his body, I think, if he's going to be a big-time college player. He does really well against the smaller opponents that he can just overpower. Does seem to struggle at times getting off blocks from the bigger guys. Uh, He also did not seem quite as effective in the pass rush against those bigger guys due to what I think is just a lack of technique. Uh, He did seem to slow down on some plays, so I'm not sure if this is something that may be due to fatigue or just taking some plays off, which, you know, that was a a criticism we hear off and on from about a lot of guys. But uh, the good news is his flaws are fixable with coaching. His, you know, and time in the strength, a good strength and conditioning program. I really think the kid has tremendous upside. So that's the good news. And Ohio State is one of the schools that does have a crystal ball for him, which is also good news if you're a Buckeye fan. But here's the bad news. I just don't feel it. I don't see it. Uh, I think he would do great in our program. But at the same time, you know, he's got 42 offers, including the Buckeyes, Alabama, Penn State, Oklahoma, all, like you said, all the big guys. I really think this kid stays at home. I think he has a pretty good chance he probably ends up a Florida Gator. I'm still going to leave Ohio State a 30% chance should he decide to come out of the Sunshine State. But I think this kid's a Gator, Eric. Hmm. Okay. I was hoping you'd deliver me a little bit better news than that. Um, <laughs> can we keep it down in the state of, uh, of uh, well, let's see, where are we going to go next? I guess Jason's up next, isn't he? Yeah, we're going to Michigan next. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> what what in the world does that state up north have to offer us, Jason? I tell you, we've got, uh, I hate to say we because I'm a Buckeye, but uh, we've got uh, – one of the top three quarterbacks in the country, um, Dante Moore. He plays for Martin Luther King out of Detroit. Um, he is a five-star composite or five-star recruit with a composite rating of nine nine seven zero. Um, he's six foot two, hundred ninety-five pounds. He's ranked uh, currently fourth. He was up to second at one point. Uh, um, at position, uh, state ranked first. Nationally, he's eighth. Um, the kid is a can't miss player, and I feel he's very disrespected compared to the other top two quarterbacks, and that was Malachi Nelson and Arch Manning. I think he's just as good as each one of them, if not better, and potentially could be a lot better. Um, I'd have to say we probably got about a 50 to 55 percent chance of signing him now um he's originally from cleveland like the cleveland area he hits on 70 percent of his passes and i think he only threw three interceptions last season to 40 touchdowns but um looking at his highlights and i've actually seen him play in person 
his arm strength is just unreal. Uh, and when you watch him, it doesn't look like he's got arm strength because it's just so effortless for him. Uh, his footwork is amazing. And I think a lot of that has to do, and he even says it himself, from being a soccer player through most of his middle school and early high school career. Um, ball placement, unreal. His mechanics are top-notch. He can extend the plays if they break down with his footwork and all that. Um, his composure is unbelievable for a kid that is not even 17 years old yet. He's been a three-year starter, and he uh, going into his senior year now so he'll have four years of starting under his belt um he's got a quick release like he does not hang on to the ball when he throws his touch passes they do not float in the air it's just like right on a line and he puts it where it needs to be just about every single time um in his first three games last year he's had a 71 percent completion Threw for over a thousand yards and twelve touchdowns, and I mean he he beat um, Cass Tech twice, which is a national ranked powerhouse out of Michigan, and he beat uh, Cincinnati Archbishop Moeller, and he had three hundred and forty yards and four touchdowns against them. Their his only loss last year was to a team out of Indiana that's one of their best teams in that state, Carmel, and. Literally, they lost on a last-second Hail Mary and lost by three points. And he had 438 yards and four touchdowns in that game as well. Uh, weaknesses, honestly, if you watch his tape, he this kid really does not have any weaknesses. He loves to compete. He's not afraid of the challenges. Like for the Elite 11 tryouts, instead of going to Indiana like most kids from around the area, he went out to Las Vegas so he could compete with Malachi Nelson. Like he wants that competition. And I think that's where he would really fit in well with Ohio state. His favorite player growing up, Braxton Miller. He said is the first memory he has of Ohio state football was 2011 when Miller hit that hail Mary to Smith to beat Wisconsin. So he's got his Buckeye ties no, I, I think we got a really good shot at getting this kid. And I mean, he's just, he's a total team guy. Like when you listen to him in his interviews, they'll sit and try to talk to him about what he's doing and how he's this high recruit. And he will literally brush it all off and just build up his teammates like that. He, he's a standout kid. I mean, I, do, I wouldn't know anybody that would not like this kid if you actually met him and talked to him. I think the biggest thing about getting him would be that Michigan doesn't get him. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I don't, yeah. I don't think they're going to get him regardless. Um, no. he, do, he doesn't have any crystal balls right now and he doesn't have an official like set list of where he's thinking, but the most rumors I could find are, uh, he's, uh, leaning heavy towards Notre Dame, according to, the few people that do say something, mm-hmm. but yep. I know LSU's up there and I think uh, Miami actually could make a push for him as well. Now that they have uh, Gaddis because Gaddis was his main recruiter uh, over the last year. There it is. So it, it's going to be pretty interesting, but uh, 
I, I think Ohio State's got a really good shot because Corey Dennis has just been all over him, especially since Nelson uh, committed to Lincoln Riley in USC. Give us a percentage, Jason. What do you think? I, I'm going to say 45 to 50%. Okay. okay. All right. Well, there's your there's your uh, 10 through 6. So to go over that again, we got Austin Sereveld, offensive guard from Middletown, Ohio. Olas Alinen, offensive tackle from Windsor, Connecticut. Number eight, Troy Bowles, linebacker, Tampa, Florida. Number seven, defensive tackle Derek LeBlanc from Kissimmee, Florida. And number six, quarterback Dante Moore from Detroit, Michigan. Top five, here we go. Back down to the Sunshine State, cornerback Cormani McLean, six foot one and a half, 165 pound cornerback. From Lake Gibson High School in Lakeland, Florida. He's the first ranked or number one, number one ranked high school football player in the state of Florida. He is the number one ranked quarterback in the nation. And he is the third overall recruit in the nation for the class of 2023. Guys, do yourself a favor and go watch this film. It is phenomenal. He has great technique for a cornerback. You can tell that this is one of the best cornerbacks in all the nation when you watch his film. Uh, He can play on the line. He can play off the line. He's just as comfortable in man-to-man as he is in zone. He isn't afraid to use his hands and can track the ball like a seasoned pro. Will be competing and for playing time day one no matter which campus he steps on. And here you go. Here's what you're going to like, Buckeye fans. He knows how to turn around and locate the football. In all of those deep passes that I've seen in his uh, highlight film, he is looking for the football, and I think that that's phenomenal. That's something we desperately need in a cornerback. Um, He is being recruited by Ohio State, Alabama, Florida, Miami, USC, Georgia, and Michigan. Those are his top schools. I think he's going to stay down south, guys. It sounds like to me that this is going to be a Florida, Miami, Alabama thing. Um, I'll give the Buckeyes a 10% chance because I feel like we just got into this this race for him after are the changes we made uh, on our defensive staff. But if there was some miracle that we could land him, this would be the get of the class. He's that good. Um, we're, we're talking – Again, step on campus, and he starts day one. He could probably play on most college football teams as as CB1 right now. Wow. Most impressive cornerback film I have ever seen, guys. That's saying something. Really? <laughs> yes. Most impressive I've ever laid my eyes on. When Aaron gets back, this is this is definitely one I'm going to want him to watch. Of course, Aaron coached cornerbacks in high school, and he loves good defensive back play and despises poor defensive back play, as I'm sure all you listeners remember <laughs> and know. I would love to get his impression of Cormani McLean because I think this kid is the real deal. From what my two eyes tell me, He's the best I've seen in a long, long time. And and here's the thing, guys. You ready for this kind of comparison? He's Deion Sanders good. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's yeah. that's yeah, that's I'm not pulling your leg, guys. I really think he's he's that good. Okay. Special, special talent. 
Uh, we'll see. We'll see if he where he ends up. But right now, it sounds like he's going to stay in the state of Florida. Chris, um, we haven't. We've gone. We've gotten uh, six guys deep, and we haven't talked about a wide receiver yet. I think it's time to talk about one. Oh, I definitely think it is. Carnell Tate, 6'2", 185 pound wide receiver, out of IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Currently, the 247 composite has him listed as a five-star product uh, prospect with a .9901 ranking. He's rated as the 21st best player nationally. He's the third best wide receiver in the class, and he is ranked the seventh ranked recruit out of the state of Florida. You know, I love this kid. I watched it. I was excited. I started, I think, to drool a little bit watching this video, Eric. You know, he has a great nose for the ball, great hands. His routes are crisp. Everything you want in a receiver. I mean, he creates separation at the line of scrimmage. He has, you know, the tools to get through a defense. I don't care if it's playing man, playing zone. Great body control, big, strong hands. His hands are 10-inch hands. By the comparison, the average size of an NFL receiver's hands is 9.7 inches. You know what wide receivers have 10-inch hands in the league, Eric? Guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham Jr. That is, you know, that's tremendous company to keep. I love the kid on film. I saw his freshman highlights of all things. And just amazing. He was owning the field already. He's shifty. He's got an explosive first step. And that's how he creates his separation. He doesn't have top-end speed. He's not got elite speed. But you know what? He, he just, he's got, he's got quickness. And, uh, you know, he outfights guys at the point of the catch. He has great acceleration after the catch. Uh, one of the things I did really love when I saw this kid, too, is he could block. He had a couple of plays in there on his, his, uh, his video where he just, just really got in there, was blocking, finished the block, drove it downfield. If you want to play wide receiver at the Ohio State University, you better be able to block, and this kid can. Overall, I love everything the kid has to offer. think if there is one criticism, you know, he's 6'2", he could probably add about an extra 10 pounds of muscle. That would probably help him fighting for the ball, also help with his ball, uh, his blocking, and maybe give him a little more explosiveness. But overall, I think this kid is a can't miss. Uh, so the big question is, where does he land? You know, he's got 37 offers on the board out there. That being said, he's got it down to five schools. Bama, Tennessee, Notre Dame, the defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs, and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, let's face it, Eric. Last few years, we've learned if you want to be a number one draft pick, Playing receiver, you find your way to Ohio State. Brian Hartline's going to produce two of them this year. He's got the guy in JSN who's looking like he's probably going to be the top guy off the board next year. I'm telling you, I think this guy comes in here as well in 2023. Steve Wolfong of 247 Sports, he agrees. He has got this guy coming to Ohio State. And if you have any questions, let me tell you, Old Steve, he's right about 96% of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I feel really good about this. You know, I don't want to make it a lock, but I think we're looking at probably a 75% chance that Brian Hartline has himself another great one coming in. 
you can move that up to 90. I oh, think yeah. he, I, I think there's a nine out of ten chance he comes. And I think I think what you laid out, Chris, is exactly why he does. Um, he he's he wants to play in the league. He's going to be a Buckeye. Um, no, I don't know if he's got the same speed, but in what I saw in, in his film, man, he reminded me a lot of Njigba. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I can see that. All right. Hey, the next one, we're coming back to the home state here of Ohio. Jason, why don't you tell us who number three is on our whiteboard here? Uh, number three is safety. Malik Hartford out of Westchester, Ohio. Um, honestly, I really didn't know much about this kid until you had sent me the thing to look him up. And I was just beyond blown away. Like this kid's upside is, I, I can't even explain how impressed I was with this kid. Um, he's six foot three, 175 pounds. Uh, his position rank is 11th. His state rank is 4th. He's uh, 154th nationally, but I honestly, watching him, I can see him jumping up into the top 120, even 115 by the end of his senior year. Um, let's see. Uh, looking at, like, crystal balls, and this is from uh, Bill Curlick, who is also a phenomenal recruiter recruiting analyst for 24-7, who is right 87% of the time. He's got him at a high six, but they have him at 100% coming to Ohio State. Um, he is a four-star with a composite ranking of 0.9368. Um, like one thing that really stood out to me researching on him is how smart he is. He's got a 4.3 unweighted GPA. What? Is that even yeah. possible? <laughs> uh, apparently it is, man. And yes. like, uh, and then on the field, what really stood out to me was just his pure speed. I mean, he's long and rangy, but the way this kid moves, <laughs> I've never seen anything like it, especially at a linebacker. I mean, they line him up, or I'm sorry, at safety, but they line him up in the box at linebacker. Um, they put him out on the edge. I've seen him as a, he play, he's their long snapper on special teams. And, uh, like, he, he when he's in the box, he checks it, he reads it, he attacks it. I mean, most of the film that I was able to find was a lot of run support, and he is just unbelievable like I, he's fearless when he goes in he wraps up when he tackles and i mean when he hits them they feel it and they don't get away there the only time i seen where he kind of went for a hit without wrapping up he hit the guy pushed him back about three yards the guy tried to run away and he still was able to chase him down for about another seven yard loss and tackled him in the backfield um his close, like I said, his speed, his closing speed, insane. Um, on special teams is where I think he will come in to wherever he goes and make an instant impact because he was, I think I watched him block like four punts, blocking field goals. When on the play where he was a long snapper, he was literally the first one downfield and tackled the returner for no yards. Um, just unbelievable and again just another one because 
couldn't really find much on him, like bad to dislike, but there really wasn't a lot of footage as far as him in coverage. The few that they did show, he looked really well, kind of, I would say, comparisons to, like, as far as the speed and range, I'd say Malik Hooker, which is really good. And I was going to kind of nitpick on that as uh, something that he needs to work on, you know, because you couldn't really see his hands. But then uh, a follow-up video came up of, like, 13 minutes of just his offense highlights, and he's a wide receiver. And that kid's hands are amazing. Like, there's no doubt this kid could end up being one of the best safeties that Ohio State's ever had. And, I mean, he he does not um, give up on plays. Like, you can tell he's got that extra gear, that extra push where he just wants to be the best. He won't be stopped. And the way he gets past defenders and through blocks is pretty wild to watch. I Definitely do yourself a favor and watch this kid's highlights. Yeah, he's a special one. Absolutely. Number two, running back, Richard Young from Lehigh Acres, Florida. He's 5'11", 200 pounds, plays at Lehigh Senior High School. He is a short, compact runner who hits a hole with lightning speed. He definitely has above average speed, but not quite Travion Henderson type of speed. I don't want you to get uh, over crazy here. I think Travion Henderson's got a different gear than than most athletes have. He does have good footwork in traffic, which aids to his shiftiness, but he's not an overly shifty type of runner. I would say he's a he's a speed wise a step below Travion Henderson. Shiftiness-wise, he's about a step below J.K. Dobbins. But I think if you combine those two guys, this is what Richard Young is. He's a little bit of both. Um, He needs to develop that jump cut, like I said, but he has plenty of other running skills to fall back on when he's in traffic. He does run with power thanks to his low center of gravity. So he will run through arm tackles. But he does need to develop a little bit more of upper body strength to aid in gaining those needed short yardage carries. Being recruited by Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, um, the young man is uh, going to be a superstar in college football. You can mark it down. I really believe that when it comes to running backs, he's the best one in the country. Even his uh, uh, ranking says he is. Um but I think that there's a pretty good chance Ohio State's in the running here. Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, um, and Oklahoma are his list of guys. As far as those rankings are concerned, he's uh, the sixth highest ranked recruit in the state of Florida. He's the number one ranked recruit in the nation when it comes to running back, 18th overall recruit in the nation. I'll go ahead and I'll say we're somewhere around 30%. At this point, I think it's hard to get get someone out of Florida to to stay committed uh, if he does commit to you when you have the Miamis and the Florida and the and the FSUs. But right now, with Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma being the other top targets, I would say at this point where it's anybody's game. Now, when it comes to top running backs, Alabama tends to do really well in getting those guys, especially in the South. But Ohio State track record recently with Tony Alford, I wouldn't say we're out of the game yet. So give me 33% chance we land Richard Young. Which brings us to 
number one. And if you have not heard about this kid yet, do yourself a favor and check watch it out. The film. This oh kid. My goodness, watch this kid. He's everybody's talking about him. Uh, I if you listen to Bucknuts Morning Five, I, I don't know that they go through a show without mentioning this young man. <laughs> Chris, who's number one on the whiteboard, man? Well, I'll tell you, and they shouldn't go through a show without mentioning this kid. Tackett Curtis, six foot two, two hundred eighteen pound linebacker prospect out of many high school in many Louisiana. Currently, the 247 composite ranking has him listed as a four-star prospect with a composite of .9737. Eric, if this guy isn't a five-star by the time this season ends, I'll be very surprised. He's rated as the 62nd best player nationally, sixth from the state of Louisiana, and he's rated as the sixth best linebacker in the class of 2023. Now, you know, watching the, the, the kids' films, two words came to mind. One, versatility, and two, physicality. He is an extremely versatile athlete. You know, he's played quarterback, running back, safety. He's returned kicks. Uh, the kid is aggressive. He's physical, and he plays angry. He has the skill set and mentality that I think Jim Knowles loves in a linebacker. He can get downfield. He can play sideline to sideline. He has the athleticism to drop into coverage, and he's aggressive. When asked about his style of play, the kid responded, I love being able to attack. We play a different position. I'm pretty much just a linebacker backed up five yards. I'm like a missile. As soon as I read run, I get downfield. He's a big hitter, great field awareness, good tackler. That being said, we didn't see a ton of coverage film on him. So it's difficult to say how good he is in that regard. But I'll tell you what, clearly he has the tools. I just can't speak to the technique. I do think that he might gain uh, or benefit a little bit from maybe bulking up, maybe 10, at least 10 to 15 pounds of muscle mass, possibly 20 if the frame could handle it. I think that would definitely enhance his chances of being a big-time success in a Big Ten linebacker or Big Ten program. I think this guy is the perfect fit for Jim Knowles' defense. The big question, where does he land, of course? 45 offers out there. You can imagine every school in the country wants a piece of this kid. But guys, this, I think, is a three-horse race between Ohio State, USC, and Wisconsin. Mm. Now, Knowles has been recruiting the kids since he was at Oklahoma State. He loves them. Our expert at 247 Sports, Steve Wolfong, has the crystal ball for the Buckeyes. I love our chances here, guys. Yeah. I'm going to go 80%. He's a Buckeye. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, here's a little inside baseball for you guys. He is coached by his uncle. Yes. Okay. Do not be surprised if his uncle is on Ohio State staff of, of some kind in the future. You know, I tell you, if he puts on that kind of weight, I feel bad for whoever he hits <laughs> because seeing him hit people now, 
He's yeah. gonna end up hurting somebody. He, I mean, he, he reminds he, me of Ronnie Lott. <laughs> yeah. He okay. Yes. I, you know who? Okay. You want a scary comparison, guys? Like when I watched his film, I was like, high school. Now we're talking high school, okay? Obviously. Right. We're not. You know, we're not talking like NFL here, but when I watched his film, the, the, the first thing that came to my mind was, I wonder if he stays at linebacker because the dude, the dude is like a like a safety playing more of like a safety position. And then as I got thinking about that, Jack Tatum came to my mind. Yeah. He loves this kid loves contact. And I think he's got that kind of mentality where it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So I think if, as we look over these top five, again, Cormani McLean, Carnell Tate, Malik uh, Hartford, Richard Young, Tackett Curtis. I think we land three of those five at least. Yeah, and a four out of five would not surprise me. If we end up going four out of five, then hello, good night, you know, Mary. This the, put put the kids to bed. This is this recruiting class is again top four in the nation, number one in the Big Ten. Um, I think we get Tackett Curtis. I think we get Malik Hartford. I think we get Carnell Tate. Yes. It's Richard Young and Kermani McLean. That's the question here. Now, um, if you listen to Kirk Barton, uh, Kirk Barton over on the scoop, he's saying now that the Buckeyes are a strong lean with Richard Young too. Yeah, he is. He is. And I, again, that those Florida kids, they always scare me a little bit. I've seen too yeah. much of the flip floppy from them. Dante Moore, the quarterback from, uh, from Detroit. Again, I, you, I think he would be a huge get, but I, I'm kind of with Jason on this one. If he goes to Notre Dame, that's better than going into Michigan. So I I remember hearing a recruiting story of when uh, Woody Hayes would sit down with people and he would say, well, what schools are you thinking about? And the kid would say, oh, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame. And he would go, you know, Notre Dame's not a bad school. If you're not going to come to Ohio State, I would go to Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> that's good so, coaching. <laughs> yeah. Had- I, I could see Ryan Day doing that, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, he would. Yes, I don't know. If, I mean, again, I, I I see Urban Meyer definitely doing that too. Um, uh-huh. So speaking I don't know. Of, yeah, speaking, speaking of Urban Meyer, what do you guys think about him be, uh, joining the NIL staff? It, I think people who are 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 crying about that are blowing it way out of proportion because he's on the board. He's just on the board. Right. It's not like he is taking a leadership role there. No, no, that's all. Cardale. Yeah, that's all but Cardale. It's not like he's out there kicking anybody, you know. No, I mean, I so so he so he meets with the recruit and shakes their hand and tells them how great Ohio State is. That's it. Are you really worried <laughs> about that? Like anybody? Oh, could no, do that. I could do that. I, you th- know? I think it's just a lot of them, him personally. You know, I, I see the advantages in it completely, but also some disadvantages. You know, just he, he can't seem to stay out of trouble. But then I look at it, the only place he really didn't get into trouble was when he was with Ohio State. So hopefully that, that gets him back on track. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. You're right, hopefully. Big, big recruiting weekend this guy this weekend, guys. I'm going to throw this little tidbit in for you. The Under Armour High School camp is in Columbus, Ohio this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I don't have all the national kids who are in for this but i do know the coaches at ohio state are there watching obviously 
Here are the list of Ohio recruits who are taking part in the Under Armour High School camp here in Columbus this weekend. Commit Joshua Padilla. He's already a Buckeye. Commit from 2023. Safety Malik Hartford, who we just got talk, got done talking about, along with offensive guard Austin Sarirvild. Uh, Both of them four-star guys. Uh, how about wide receiver Anthony Brown from Springfield, Ohio, a four-star receiver? I think he, that's the other wide receiver we get in this class, guys. Running back Wiltrell Hartson from Maslin. He's a three-star. And rounding out the uh, 2023 guys, Nigel Glover from Clayton, Ohio, linebacker. Uh, 2024 guys, uh, which don't have their star rankings yet, unless you're a top 100 kid. Cornerback Bryce West from Cleveland, Ohio. Quarterback Landon O'Connell from Pickerington. Tight end Tavion Galloway from Chillicothe. That's a name you need to know. Offensive lineman Ben, ben Roebuck from Lakewood, Ohio. Another name you need to know. Cornerback Aaron Scott, Springfield, Ohio. He has been offered by the Buckeyes as well. Defensive back Tabron Benny Powell from Westchester, Ohio. I think he will be a Buckeye. And then here's three 2025 guys to keep your eye on. Court, quarterback Ryan Montgomery. That's Absolutely. Luke's little brother from Finley, Ohio. He's going to be there this weekend along with uh, a quarterback Jalen Slaughter from Maslin, Ohio. Both of those kids are going to be national recruits at quarterback in the class of 2025. Offensive lineman Jake Cook from Westerville, Ohio. He'll be a Buckeye. You can mark that down. Um, he's going to be there as well. So there are some future names. Those are some big-time Under Armour high school athletes taking part in the camp this weekend in Columbus. All right, let's have a little bit of fun, shall we? So there was an article that I posted yesterday talking about the best football helmets in college football. We all know what the best helmet is, but I thought it would be really cool if we did our top 10 college football helmets Let's get started, not waste any time. Chris, you'll go first, followed by okay. Jason, followed by myself. We'll start at 10, work our way down. Chris, go. Okay, for me, the one and only newer or alternative helmet that makes my top 10. It was the Louisville Cardinals, their chrome red helmet with mm, the white cardinal. Love that helmet. <clears throat> love the helmet, absolutely. The helmet just pops. Then you have that white cardinal on there. Such detail on there. The red face mask, black hardware, make it just a complete look. Very cool helmet. As I said, I'm a traditionalist, but I had to get this one in there. That's my number 10. Jason? See, I'm kind of the uh, opposite there. I went, I think, one traditional helmet, and the rest are the alternatives. Um, my number 10 is actually a Division II school. Ooh, um, nice. Yep, Southeastern Oklahoma State, and I will uh, put some photos up on the fan page later, but I don't know. I was just looking through list of them, and this one just really kind of stood out to me. What so, was it? Southeastern what? Oklahoma State. I've never even heard of it. I'm going to have to check that out. I'm going to look yeah. that up real quick. Um, number 10 for me, and I've always liked this school, and I've loved their colors, and I love their helmet, Colorado State. The Rams, man, it is, it is, it is the, yeah. it is the Rams helmet, but it's, it's uh silver and green. And I've always loved that helmet. It's one of the small college schools I like. So uh, give me number 10, Colorado state number nine, Chris, let's keep her rolling. Well, for me, I went pit Panthers here. 
You know, it's a it's a basic yellow, blue stripe, just has the pit logo on the side. Has the Panther decals, you know, which is a, a they're added for great play. Uh, you know, something we do here at Ohio State as well. Um, for me, this choice is as much about the tradition as it is the look of the helmet. Um, and as I said, I'm, I'm a purist. I'm a traditionalist. So I went with Pitt at number nine. Jason? I went with Northwestern's matte black helmet with the Wildcat logo. Not, not with the N, but with the actual Wildcat. There you go. I do like the matte black finish yeah. on helmets. I think that's really cool. By the way, Chris, so far I had some honorable mentions. You've nailed two of my honorable mentions already, Louisville and Pitt. Nice. So both both of those were teams that I almost had in my top ten. So well, our lists tend to coincide a lot, Eric. We do. <laughs> we, we think a lot alike. How about number nine? Number nine for me, Purdue. And I'll tell you why. The railroad tracks running down the middle stripe of their helmet where you would have the middle stripe. Yes is so freaking cool and it matches the railroad tracks they have on the outside of their field in the parameter i think it's awesome i think it's a a very subtle yet nice touch and i think that is the that is the one and only other helmet i have in the top 10 from the big 10 not named ohio state so i'll give purdue a little bit of love number eight chris well eric i do have another uh top or another uh, top 10 uh Big Ten team in there, and yeah, I'm gonna give a little bit of props to the Maize and Gold here. What? Ugh. I I I'm not a huge fan of busy helmet designs, but this one isn't too bad. So I went with them at number eight. I can't even talk to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this was supposed to be the best helmets, not the worst. <laughs> not the worst. <laughs> Wink. Wings only belong on tampons, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, number eight for me is uh, Louisville, but I like the black with the red logo. Nice. Now, Chris, I will say that helmet looks, the helmet does look very nice for Princeton. (laughs) I like Princeton's version of it much better because their color combination. So I'll, I'll I'll give you I'll let you I'll let you you made a mistake you met Princeton I got you it's okay <laughs> number eight for me this is one of the newer helmets out there and I love it Memphis Tigers Ooh, the oh, nice. chrome with the blue bangle stripes is freaking sweet uh, I love it I think it's one of the rare helmets uh, that's kind of newer that I think stands out. Number eight for me is Memphis. The rest I have are all traditional. Let's go to number seven, Chris. Well, you can tell who the old guy is in this group, let me tell you, because I had that one at number 10. Everything else is traditional. <clears throat> Anyhow, with number seven, I'm staying in the Big Ten. Give me the black helmet with the yellow hawk on the side. That's a good one. You. That's another honorable mention. Man. Yep. I, I love me some Iowa Hawkeyes helmet. I think the simplicity of the black helmet, that yellow hawk just looks fierce on the side. I went with Iowa number seven. Good one. Jason? Well, uh, me as well. Uh, number seven, I went with the Hawkeyes, but with the Stars and Stripe logo. That's a cool one, too. That's the a cool patriotic one. one. Yeah. Number seven for me, guys, Miami, Florida. Uh, I love their color scheme, orange and green. I yep. mean, I don't know of any other school that has that color scheme other than maybe what South Alabama or something like that. 
or is it South Florida or not South Florida, but the Florida A and M, I think maybe has that color yeah, scheme. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. But, but uh, I think it's a clean look. The helmet is always very traditional. I love the two tone uh, color on the U. I think it's one of those things when you think about football back in the day, Miami was the new blood on uh, uh, kind of on the scene in the 80s and 90s. That helmet still kind of rings true for me. So I, I have Miami at number seven. Chris, number six. Number six, I went with the University of Texas. The classic white helmet with the orange steer head on the side. I think it was one of the most recognizable symbols of excellence in college football through the 80s. Uh, and into the 90s and even the early 2000s. Uh, just a clean look, the bright orange symbol, love it. Texas number six. Jason? I went with the chrome Kentucky Wildcats helmet with the blue letters. Hmm. Okay. You know, it's funny you mentioned Kentucky because that's a blue blood in football, and number six for me is a blue blood in, in, or blue blood in basketball, that was. And number six for me is also a blue blood in basketball. And I'll, I'll tell you this. I love it when a football team and a basketball team can kind of match their uniforms together, and that's what North Carolina does for me. I love that, that North Carolina blue, especially when they have that diamond uh, traditional stripe down the middle of their helmet that matches the stripe that the basketball team uses. I love that look. You see that little design. You know instantly it's North Carolina, and I love the color. If it's not scarlet and gray, I think North Carolina has the best colors in all of college sports. So number six for me is the Tar Heels. Number five, Chris. Number five, we're going to go on back to 1976, Eric. That's the year that the Florida State Seminoles hired Bobby Bowden as coach. It's also the same year they revealed their current helmet design. You know, I love it. I love the the symbol on the side, the color of the helmet. Again, admiral tradition there. They give away the Tomahawk stickers for exceptional play. Florida State number five for me. Jason. I went with at number five. Utah's Rose Bowl helmet. I thought that was actually a really cool helmet. I liked the white with the red and then incorporating the rose through the logo. I thought that was pretty sweet. Number five for me was number six for Chris. It's the Longhorns from Texas. Again, it's simple, it's clean, and it's traditional. And I, I, I again, I think it's one of the better mascots in all of uh all of college football and to put that on your helmet, I think is a, a classy move. Number five, Texas, Chris, our top four, you start it. All right, Eric. Well, I'll tell you what your six, I believe it was, was my four. I love that orange, green and white just a little bit more than you do. I think I went with the <laughs> U at number four. Okay. Jason. I went with Oregon, the green and yellow helmet. <laughs> which, which one? <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> every week. That's what, that's why I said I'll have to I'll post pictures. Of, <laughs> okay. It was like it's got I like I, I think like the wings on it and it like yeah. fades from the green to the okay. yellow. Yeah, I like it when they wear that their entire jerseys that color. I like that look. They've got awesome uniforms. I don't really care for Oregon, but I do like their uniforms. <laughs> That's kind of their thing, isn't it? Number oh, four yeah. for me. You can't get more traditional than these next two for me. Number four, it's. It's basically the most simple thing I think you could have. Oh, your four is my three, I bet, Eric. Go ahead. Penn, Penn State. Oh, no. Okay. 
Penn State's number four for me. It, it's it's navy blue or dark blue and white, and it's simple. But when you see it, you know exactly who it is. And yeah. you don't. They don't need a logo. They don't need stickers. They don't need anything else to to make that helmet do what it needs to do. And I got to give them some credit for that. I love tradition and you don't get much more traditional than having the same clean look from day one, from week one to week 12. So got to give the Nittany Lions some credit there. Penn State number four for me. So I guess I do have three Big Ten schools. My apologies. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of three, how about we move on to number three? And Eric, you talked about simple. Let me tell you, this next element is about as simple as it gets. All it has is a couple numbers on the side. Oh, no, don't say it. I'm going to say it, Eric. The basic crimson helmet with the white numbers. Yes. You know, they can't be number one at everything. They're number three as far as the helmets go. The (laughs) Alabama Crimson Tide. Can I tell you why I don't have them in my top ten? I think that is the ugliest red there is. It's like, it's not like, you know, you have scarlet, you've got cherry red, you've got, uh, you've got a dark, deep maroon red. I don't understand their red at all. It's a, it's like the ugliest red there is, in my opinion, when it comes to colors. Fair enough. And then one white stripe down the middle. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's all they need. All right, Jason, number Jason. three, man. <laughs> no, Number three for me is uh, Boise State, the white helmets with the blue outline of the horse. Okay. Yeah, Boise's got they, – they've got a couple different helmets too, don't they? Oh, yeah. I, I think they were like – as far as I remember seeing personally, they were like one of the first schools to start doing those alternate helmets. Here's a helmet that Ohio State's gonna uh, gonna be seeing very very soon. Number oh, three you're for so me. It is a you don't get much more simple, but I tell you what, when the sun's shining just right, these things kind of sparkle, and I like that. Notre Dame <laughs> number three. Uh, I, again, it's like Penn State. It's very traditional, very plain. My wife saw my list and she goes, that's the ugliest helmet in football. I don't understand why you have it even on your list. And I was like, well, you don't understand football. So, and of course, then she was like, whatever. So um, <laughs> she does actually. She's, she's very knowledgeable about football. But number three, Notre Dame for me. Well, Eric, I'll tell you what. My number two is that same Golden Dome because I'll tell you, to me, it's as symbolic to the school as the ND logo or Touchdown Jesus. I really think that uh, you see that helmet, you know instantly who's walking on the field. Love it. Notre Dame number two. Jason? Oh, I'm going to throw you guys for a loop on this one. My number two is actually Ohio State's blackout huh? helmet. Oh, okay. Okay, I see you. <laughs> I see you. All right. Number two for me is one that Chris had. Uh, I think that number five for him was Florida State. Yeah. I love Florida State's helmet, dude. I love I love their colors. Again, they have a great red. It's a deep red, almost like a maroon with the gold, which really I, I think is a great color combination. I love I love how they incorporate the little uh, uh, arrow into their helmet uh, that goes with uh, Chief, uh, uh, what's his name there, who rides the horse and then throws that thing in the 50-yard line. Uh, I love the tomahawks, like you mentioned. Florida State, I think, has got some really cool helmets, number two for me. 
which leads us to the best of the best, Chris, which we know it's what it's going to be. Well, we better, because I'll tell you what, it is the most iconic helmet in the game. I'm telling you, you've got the gray helmet, you've got the stripes down the middle, the white, the black, the red, what you've got the Buckeye leaves. I think that's what makes the helmet, the tradition of the Buckeye leaves. I think it is the most iconic helmet in college football. Ohio State, number one. Yep. As I love all the new age helmets, this is where I stay with the tradition and the ultimate of everything that I love, the traditional Ohio State helmet. There is nothing sexier than to watch an Ohio State helmet fill up with Buckeye leaves and know that that's the tears of your opponents. You know, I love that commercial that I think it was ESPN or the Big Ten came out with a couple years ago about what does the Buckeye leaf mean. (laughs) It was talking about all the hits and victories and and bruises from your opponent. I love that commercial. Love the Ohio State helmet. There's it's just so gorgeous to have that thing filled with Buckeye leaves. Um, number one helmet by, by what, by far honorable mention for me. I had Pitt, Iowa and Louisville. Chris, you were all over all three of those. I also want to add one more and it's too bad. Aaron's not here to get mad at me. Air force. Oh, Ooh, I thought about well, them too. I'll tell you, I had, I had an honorable couple honorable mentions as well. One of them was one that, uh, Jason mentioned earlier and that was Boise state and the other Virginia tech. Okay. Oh yeah, that uh, yeah, Virginia Tech had a sweet alternative logo one, and uh, North Carolina was one I was thinking of myself. Very good. So if you guys don't have any more honorable mentions, which sounds like you don't, okay. Nope. Good deal. We are going to go ahead and take our commercial break, and when we come back, I've got one of our more famous listeners coming to join us. He's known as Billy Bob to a lot of you. Uh, Lenny Zabo from Billy Bob's Backyard Barbecue will be joining me to talk Buckeyes and a little bit about his BBQ. So hang tight, everybody, and we'll be right back. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. And welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. And I am now joined by Billy Bob himself from Billy Bob's Backyard Barbecue. Uh, Lenny, we're going to try this again. We did this yesterday, and unfortunately, the recording on Skype did not work for us. So here we are with this conversation again so first off thank you for joining me uh here on the ohio podcast for a second time in as many days yeah no thanks bogsy uh you know we uh we did this yesterday afternoon and as you said uh for whatever reason the recording didn't work and today has been a long day in the backyard barbecue i was hanging out watching the buckeyes i watched a little nascar watched not so much golf, and now I'm watching the end of the uh, the Dukies. They're up on uh, Michigan State here with about 40 seconds ago. But uh, I almost was nodding, and Mrs. Billy Bob was poking me, you know, giving me the elbow, and I went <laughs> to the shower. And, uh, you know, for all you viewers, you probably don't – well, viewers, we're probably not – no, not viewers, but listeners probably don't want to know this, but I'm hanging out. I'm wearing – not literally, but uh, – Wearing uh, 
some uh, gray jockey boxer briefs and my How Firm Thy Friendship Ohio shirt <laughs> sitting in the backyard barbecue headquarters. And uh, you know what? That's what you can do when uh, we're on we're on Skype. Yeah. So, so no, I, I mean, there's been a lot of episodes where uh, Buckeye Boggs has been wearing next to nothing. But hey. <clears throat> oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Miss Mrs. Buckeye Boggs just walks by and shakes her head. But anyways, <clears throat> that's neither here nor there. Let's jump into some questions uh, for you. Uh, like I said, we had a great conversation yesterday, so hoping hoping we can duplicate some of that today. Um, number one, how did you find our podcast, Lenny? I know you contacted me as a beginning of last year. Um, but, uh, how did you come across the OHIO podcast and what's your favorite aspect of our show? Oh, okay. So I found you guys because I'm a big Buckeye fan. And as I was, um, I get recommendations of groups and you were one of the top groups that popped up. And so, uh, so, well, let me check this out. And, uh, it was definitely interesting enough to join the group and, uh, you know, I know you guys got to approve us, I think. Uh, if you don't, you should. But um, you, uh, I was approved and part of the group and uh, enjoyed it, enjoy the podcast, enjoy some a lot of the uh, interaction with the people. Um, it's one of those where, for the most part, it's not um, adversarial, and um, which, which is good because... I think people can have good interaction and good conversation without being uh, stupid. How's that for a good uh, or or um, sarcastic and adversarial? And um, so some of the best parts are uh, in the podcast, listening to the uh, the pregame um, or before the game. Couple days before the game, I guess that's Wednesdays, right? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Uh, the Wednesday podcast lead into the game and a little introspective. Now, there's a big word on a Sunday night. Introspective. <laughs> um, can't spell it, but I can. And good thing I can say it. But uh, um, the introspective into the game, and and you as the moderator or, or host in the show, and you have your your insight, and then the wild man has his uh, stats, and um, and then uh, Aaron has his uh, his input into the uh, the scheming of the mm-hmm. game, scheming of both teams and what to look for. So that's that's one of the best parts of the podcast. Yeah, we uh, I think we have a between the three of us, we have a very interesting dynamic where we each bring a little bit something different to the table. Um, and so I we, we try to make our preview shows a little bit more unique than what else is out there. Um, so anyways, yeah, I appreciate that. Now, you you told me uh, yesterday some great stories back when you were here in Ohio and maybe you can remember some of those. Your so your favorite Buckeye memories, and maybe your favorite Buckeye of all time. Yeah, so that's funny. You say maybe you can remember those because yesterday we talked about how we say things 
and we talk about things and then the next day or the next hour or even the next few minutes like what the, somebody asked you about something you said you go what do you mean what did i say i don't know <laughs> but yeah so favorite memories um you know back to the 74 uh osu m game uh the 12 10 in the shoe um Tom Claben, four field goals. Mike Lantry missed, uh, you know, and he was a Vietnam vet. So, you know, people had a lot of empathy or sympathy. I had to Google empathy and sympathy. So actually sympathy is the right word. Sympathy for him that he missed the field goal. But if you're a Buckeye fan, you didn't. Um, (laughs) Right. But uh, I I actually walked down on the field then and um, I was like, holy crap, how do these guys play on this? Because back then the AstroTurf was very, very thin. And it basically it was like playing on a little bit of uh, green stuff that was that uh, covered asphalt. Yeah. And um, I'm just like, wow, I could never play on that. I mean, I played high school football and uh, not very well, but at least I, I started because nobody else was – Good enough to beat me out, probably. But, um, but so that was a great memory. And um, and after that game, uh, Larry Bolden, who was a guard for the Buckeyes um, from Cleveland East Tech, we we had had an opportunity to meet Larry when he played high school basketball for East Tech. We go down to uh, St. John's um, and watch the high school basketball tournaments. We met Larry, and he took us around, and we met. Uh, wild man nick bonamici with the big afro and he he had motorcycles in his uh, uh apartment and arnie jones and colsey and and uh, a couple other guys but pete johnson and pete later in life pete and i uh you know we worked together i ran a dodge dealership down in south florida and pete came and worked with me and uh sold cars for a while and uh, he and his wife joni and the kids uh Nicholas and Valerie, and, and so uh, that was a great time. Uh, so was the first time we ever went to the Holiday Inn um, and watched uh, the uh, high school basketball tournaments down there as well. So saw a lot of great players back in the day. Not all played for Ohio State, but a lot of great Ohio high school basketball players. Yeah, we were talking yesterday about uh, some of the uh... – players who um, I actually got to watch when I was a younger uh, lad in Mount Vernon. Uh, Samaki Walker was one I mentioned mm-hmm. from Whitehall. I remember the guy yep. from OU now, Gary Trent. Oh, yeah. He Gary played for the blue, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> Gary Trent was one that I got to see um, um, there at uh, I think Zanesville, if I'm not mistaken, is where he was okay. originally from. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so those were a couple of the ones in high school I got to watch in person, and uh, so some pretty good memories of high school basketball. Um, so, now you're you're down there in Florida now, and I, I I asked you about this. I know you're originally from Northeast Ohio. I asked this yesterday, and you gave me kind of a, a unique answer. But for those who those Buckeye fans who aren't living in Florida or have never visited Florida, it's almost kind of like 
Ohio light in a lot of ways. <laughs> There's a lot of Buckeye fans down there, yes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what was my answer yesterday, Buckeye? <laughs> <laughs> you, talk, you talked about how that pretty yeah. much uh, anywhere you go, you can OH in oh, Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? It's not just uh, Florida, but it's anywhere in the um, anywhere in the world. But uh, South Florida. So I lived in south uh, south of Miami for 15 years, and on the northeast side of Orlando for 18, and and now in uh, the Venice, just south of Sarasota area for four. And um, so in Orlando, I was part of the um, Central Florida Alumni Club, and then. Now the uh, Sarasota Manatee Alumni Club. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, you can. I mean, when I when I'm not when I'm traveling and not going to work. I mean, there's sometimes I travel and I have to be on the job, as we talk about uh, when I get to where I'm going. I'm I'm in school clothes or work clothes, but um, but when I'm not. I, I'm wearing Ohio State stuff, and about anywhere you can go, you either get a uh, OH or a Go Bucks, and you know a lot of a lot of good conversation. And uh, so, but down here, you know, we have to battle the uh, the vaunted SEC. I don't know how uh, Florida ended up today. I, I didn't see the end of that, but they were uh, they were getting beat by about ten or twelve by Xavier, the Musketeers, earlier today, and the they didn't make it to the NCAA. They were in the NIT. So uh, I think the only two SEC teams left in the uh, NCAA are Arkansas and uh, Auburn. And they both play today, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah, Xavier won 72-56, looks like. Awesome. There you go. Yeah. Down go so, the Gators. Down, down goes Gators. Here's uh, going to have. Uh, uh, they're they're gonna have themselves a gear. I, I about guarantee it. <clears throat> Are we all right? Okay. Yeah. You can. Okay. I'm I'm sitting in a hotel room, everybody. <clears throat> uh, I went on the road today for work, and so sometimes in these hotel rooms, the Wi-Fi is a little bit spotty, and it looks you like had, there was a little there was a little blip. But other than that, I got you. All right. All right, Lenny. So we have a lot of new listeners here within yep. the last little bit of time, and they might not be familiar with your page, which is Billy Bob's Backyard Barbecue, which I am a member of and quite a few of our listeners are members of. And so yes. why don't you, for our new listeners, tell everybody what this is and how they can be a part of this awesome community. All right. So first of all, thanks to you and Chris and Aaron, because Back when we first all kind of got together, you guys really did a great job in inviting your friends and that to be a member um, of Billy Bob's Backyard Barbecue group page. So the group page kind of came about. I had a, 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 I don't know what you call it, a vlog or a blog or a personal page. And Mrs. Billy Bob said, you know what, Billy Bob, Billy Bob, you need to uh start a group page because people want to be part of a group and, and people like to be part of a group and and interact that way and so uh, and apparently that's true because you guys have a great following with your group page and uh, the podcasts and you know 20 some thousand uh, downloads and all that but um, 
I'm in the hundreds, you're in the twenty thousands. But um, anyway, uh, so I, you know, one of the things about it is they they say to be successful, you you really should focus on one thing. And I could I could focus on one thing, but I don't want to. I'd like to be ambidextrous. I know that's not the word that's you know appropriate, but I like to go in a lot of different directions. I like talk a little politics, a little about today's current events, history, music, sports, the stupid stuff. I mean, when last week we talked about, you know, boxes, right? Oh, do we keep this box? Don't we keep that box? What's good? What's bad? You know, should we throw them all away? And um, so, you know, sometimes it's uh, just keeping people uh engaged and really want people to be engaged. I mean, look at yesterday, uh, you and I were talking about um, barbecuing and you were getting ready to put some stuff on your master built, your new master built grill. And so I said, hey, Bogsy, why don't you uh, post, you know, post your uh, recipe and what you're doing. And uh, and then today we had another Buckeye fan who uh, posted some of his stuff and uh, so there's a lot of different things. And so, you know, where I'm going with it, I have no idea, but uh, just trying to have fun. And um, sometimes I, I really like to do a little more, but the, as we uh, probably overstate, but the J-O-B gets in the way of that. And, and sometimes too, I got to spend a little time with Mrs. Billy Bob because uh, I don't want to lose uh, three squares and some turtle dubbing, you know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, one of the things I talked about yesterday with it, Lenny was how that, um, the, the sense of community that you get from it. I really appreciate that and how that, it seems like that's a lost art in today's, uh, today's world. Uh, a lot yeah. of people don't don't know how to communicate to with their real neighbors and how like when I was younger I talked about how that um, uh, my parents knew who ev- all their na- all our neighbors were and all the neighbors would get together and watch uh, all of us kids play and out out in the street at that time <laughs> but uh, yep. it, it's just a different world today and it's it's kind of interesting to watch and see how that. I guess in a, in a, in a way, you know, a community like Billy Bob's backyard barbecue and uh, the OHIO podcast fan page, these have become in a way a replacement for that because people just either a choose not to, or B are afraid to communicate with their own neighbors right beside them. Yeah. You know, and that, and that's a great point, Eric. I mean, what, what you guys are doing, what I'm trying to do is, engage right engage people and just have conversations you know and have fun with it um and neighbors so one of the things we talked about yesterday was back in the day you used to have front porches and you know uh, and people would sit out front and now they sit out back and but um but you can sit out back and and uh still interact with your neighbors you, you know we got driveways and as i mentioned yesterday hank hill you know all them guys stood out in their driveway and talked and drank a beer or in your case smoked a cigar and um so uh 
but it is a little bit of a lost art because of, uh, I think you mentioned the word uh, tribalism yesterday. You know, people get so locked into their ideas and, and they don't, they don't think they can actually interact sometimes with their neighbors because they don't think they can communicate with them. And, and for me, um, we, we actually do communicate with our neighbors. Um, but we, we all seem to have a good sense of knowing when to be a good neighbor and when to leave your neighbors alone. Right. Cause you know, neighbors are good that you can walk out and talk and, maybe call each other, or text each other to do something. But you don't really want your neighbor to like come knocking on your door all the time. Like, hey, what are you doing? You want to drink, a, you know, you want to you want to hang out? I got some uh, pasta, whatever. And um, so it's that delicate balance, but we don't have that anymore. You know, an interesting, Eric, since um, we talked yesterday, this morning, there was a, uh, a news story, and it was about kids. And one of the things we were talking about yesterday is how kids kind of, um, parents today, not all, but a, a number of them will say, kids younger, he's bothering, bothering the parents, like, here, here's your Game Boy, here's, your, here's a phone, you know, just play and shut up, basically. And... Um, so, but there was a report today on the news that kids, they they lose their focus and they get a little edgy and agitated, you know, more kids that do that. But if they're, people are in green spaces, that they actually, um, they actually are mellower and as they age, they, uh, they age more gracefully, maybe is a better way to say that. So hmm. I know that's probably off the beaten path for the OHIO podcast, but we 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 delved into that a little bit yesterday, and uh, I happened to see that this morning, and I thought it was a good uh, follow up to our conversation. Yeah, so uh, you know it's interesting you bring that up because one of the things my stepson Xander he uh, he and his buddies in our community they the, these boys absolutely love to go outside, and I kind of kind of been watching them in the last couple of years. Of course, all the, all of us parents keep our eye on these guys, whether they're at our, they're at our house or across the, the way at the park or at uh, sure. someone else's house. But, uh, it kind of reminds me of Sandlot, the way these boys ride their bikes around and you see mm-hmm. them, I'll come home from work and there'll be about 10 bicycles in my yard. <laughs> awesome. And I, I love awesome. it. I love it because yeah. I think that's desperately needed, uh, and, and the younger and the youth of, of, of uh, this generation instead of just going on and playing Fortnite every single night for four hours, you know, after school. But um, I digress. Um, yeah. no, it, no, so, it's good. It's great. So anyways, I want to really encourage people to go over to your Facebook page and check it out, become a member and, and take a part in that. It's and, and for those of you who are looking for something beyond Ohio State, by all means, check out Lenny's videos, Billy Bob's Backyard Barbecue. Sometimes you have Tough Talk Tuesday, and you'll have What's Up with This Wednesday, and it's, you know you've got different things beyond just Ohio State, beyond sports even too. Although I do yeah. love 
I do love uh, uh, racing with Buckethead. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, and you're gonna send me some uh, stickers, right? Yeah, I we're think, gonna sponsor that bucket. <laughs> actually, did once. I, I was trying to look today to find, uh, and I don't know, but uh, yeah, we're Buckethead. I didn't wear my Buckethead today because uh, today was more of a, um, you know, I was focused more on the Buckeyes and um, uh, really, I thought the game could be a closer game. Um, when I looked at all the stats, the stats are really close. Um, you know, the, the overall stats for the year, mm-hmm. um, they were a little better on the free throw percentage, but other than that, they're like so close and the, and the, um, height, you know, the size of the team was really close. It wasn't like they had a couple seven footers, you know, and we're only six, eight. And, um, but they were a little quicker. And I think what really just me, what comes down to is you got Liddell and Branham and, um, and we don't really have a third guy that can shoot. Now, last year we had, uh, Dwayne Washington Jr. Who could hit some consistently hit some threes. Mm Um, and, you know, Arns and Eugene Brown are, are good serviceable guys, but that's probably where we miss uh, suing a little bit. Well, right. maybe a lot um, where that guy could actually knock down some stuff. He could go to the hoop and, um, and, and Wheeler, you know, Jason Monk, I think said this a couple few weeks ago with you on your show that Wheeler's a guy that actually could, generate some offense for whatever reason he just doesn't do it now today he hit one three but i've seen him a couple games ago where he goes to the hoop he hits some shots from the outside but he he just doesn't have that mindset and so uh you know villanova was a faster team they're the two seed right we're the seven seed and um and they showed that uh why they were the two seed today yeah, if we had Dwayne Washington on this team, if he would have decided not to go pro, we would have been a two seed and probably Big Ten champs. Uh, I, I, probably. You know, I, I really feel that strongly. Of course, you know, losing suing, who knows? I mean, maybe he has that type of year, and 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 that would have been a big difference for us. But you know, we'll never know. Um, well, he's an upgrade from uh, Arns or uh, or Eugene uh, Brown. Absolutely. That we know for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 All right. I got one final question for you, Lenny. And I asked this for everybody. What does it mean to you to be a Buckeye? (laughs) Yeah, we talked about this a little bit. So what did I say? It's like kind of cult-like. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, and it is, it's kind of cult-like, but uh, wherever you go, I I mentioned, I alluded to this a little earlier that, uh, you know, wear my Ohio State stuff when I'm on the road or just out and about. Um, funny thing, one thing I didn't tell you yesterday is when I go out to uh, restaurants and, and go out and have a, a Bud Light, Billy Bob Bud Light, just right. Um, but go to places. So when you, you order a bucket and they keep your cups or, you know, you don't have to drink the whole bucket. They have cups or on my, um, tab, uh, a lot of times it's, they, uh, designate me Ohio. So, um, but 
um, back to what does it mean? It's a camaraderie. It's a it's a community. It's it's just something that brings people together. So when you're when you're on the road and the OH or Go Bucks or you know, it's a community. It's a community of and, and I guess if we we were lousy, you know, if we were a lousy football team or basketball team, maybe it'd be a whole different story, but we're not. And um, you know, so um it's it's pride. I take pride. We talked about this a little yesterday, too, that, you know, I was going to do a video of my office and all the Ohio State stuff in here, but I felt a little emasculated by when you put your video on <laughs> that uh, of your basement and all that stuff. And I was, so I was like, well, I have a decent, you know, like a pretty good office and stuff, but fuck guys, like, oh, man, he's like crushing my lights out. So uh, it was awesome. It's been a little bit of an obsession, you'd say. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, OK, so right now I got a uh, koozie, uh, Ohio State, Sarasota Manatee koozie in my hand. And I have um, I'm actually drinking a cup of coffee, too, because uh, late on a Sunday for me, you know, OK, you're saying 730, 740, whatever. But um and I have an Ohio State University uh, Buckeyes Tervis tumbler with little uh, Java in it. So, you know, I'm a little obsessed, too. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm, as I said, I'm wearing my uh, How Firm Thy Friendship uh, T-shirt, OHIO podcast T-shirt. That's right. So, uh, That's right. I, and I you... won't reiterate the rest of my outfit. No, but you know what? <laughs> you You have some merch, too. Uh, some yeah. Billy Bob's backyard barbecue. I was wearing that hat the other day. I love you that were. hat. Yeah, that's, that's it. Awesome. It just puts me. That hat puts me in the mood for some palm trees and a tropical drink of some kind. I don't know why. Just I see that hat, the color of it, and I think of like cheeseburger in paradise. I don't. I don't know. Well, yeah. Well, I love that because so actually, there's a guy. Um, Bill is, uh, and God, I hate to say he's a bluehead. But Bill, a guy we know in a place we go, Pops, uh, Pops Sunset Grill. And uh, I only had black hats because I thought, you know, those were really cool black hats. And he's like, well, he said, Billy Bob, I'd wear one, but I need something a little different, you know, white or, you know, the color. He had one on similar to the color that you're, you're wearing, Buckeye, the aqua one. And I'm like, you know what? It's Florida. And to your point, it's tropical, you know, the feel. And so uh, so I have hats. I have T-shirts. We're going to have some uh, cool long sleeve T-shirts coming out and, you know, some different stuff. So I appreciate you uh, you mentioning that. No problem. No problem. All right, uh, Lenny. So you know the drill here, my man. <laughs> As always, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen, Ohio with all of your heart. And until next time, OH! I owe! Go Bucks! Oh, come, let's sing Ohio's praise and songs through Amamaterang. While our hearts rebounding thrill 
and joy which death alone can still. Summer's heat, oh, winter's cold. The seasons pass, the years will roll. Time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship. Oh, high, oh.